think this is the quietest the church has ever been at the beginning of this service. Uh, good morning, Grace Community Church. So glad that you are with us. If you are new here, we're so glad you are here uh, with us this morning. Uh, we have some pretty cool things that are going to happen today that I'm really, really excited about. Uh, the first thing that I want to do is if everyone uh, would please pull out your little plastic chalice that you got when you pulled in. I need to see them. Can you raise them high, please? There we go. just want to make sure. So we're going to take communion today, and we're going to take communion differently than we ever have before with this new really cool plastic chalice, and I'm going to give you quick instructions on how to do so, all right? So as you will see, uh, there's a juice side and there is a bread side. I need everyone to hold it up, please, so I can see. I need your juice side down, please. Everyone, if your juice side is up, I need you to flip it over. We will take uh, in communion the bread piece first, so you will not open the juice until asked to do so. Otherwise, you will make a mess. So, so bread side up, and when you're instructed, you will then take the top off. We'll take the bread, and then only after that will we flip it over, juice side up, and when instructed, we'll take the lid off and drink together. Does that make sense? Awesome. Thank you. Uh, a couple of announcements. Number one, uh, Kids Camp uh, is happening. We are in need of volunteers. We're so excited. Our registration team and our food team are completely full, and that's really, really exciting, but we still have plenty of opportunities to serve. So if you want to serve at Kids Camp this year, please go to graceforall.org, and right there on our homepage, you can sign up to volunteer. Now, you're probably wondering why we have a whole bunch of kids on stage. This past week, we held the first ever Caroline's Song Music Camp. And these are the participants of said camp. Would you all please give them a round of applause? They got to learn to play the cajon. They got to learn to play the ukulele. They were able to learn uh, to sing, to sing in tune, those kinds of things. Uh, but all of this was to honor Caroline Webb, who... Uh, played on our worship team here and who tragically passed away. Uh, this camp was made in her honor, and we sing uh, songs that she lived out on a daily basis that truly represent the love of Jesus. And uh, so honored today to have on stage with us Mr. Ray Webb, who is Caroline's father, who uh, has been at camp every day this week helping these kids learn uh, music. Yes. So uh, the kids now are going to lead us in worship. So if everyone could please stand up. We're going to sing a song uh, that truly represents the gospel, uh, the joy of Jesus, and a song that Caroline lived out so, so well. So uh, please join us in worship.
Good morning, guys. How are y'all doing? All right, so we're going to do the course one more time. Wave at all these people out here, see if they'll wave back. Let's try that. All right, so how many of them did you see doing the motions? Huh? What'd you say? She Zero. <laughs> Zero, she said. All right, so here we go. Uh, I, I told them in the early service, uh, you all are really old. It's hard to get your arms moving, but we're going to try, all right? So you, you want to give this one more go on the chorus? And let's see if we can hear them and see them. You ready? You guys, Ellie, you ready? All right, let's do it. All right. It's awesome, isn't this great? <laughs> I know if Caroline could see, she would be smiling right now if she could look in. Would she not? Her heartbeat was children. Her heartbeat was worship. And uh, what a week it's been. I've heard you guys have had an amazing time this week. And these are our future worship leaders here at Grace. And that's encouraging, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. You may be seated. I think you guys are going to uh, head out, and Jared and Andrew are going to join me on the stage uh, as you do. Thank you so much uh, for your ministry this morning. So we're going to do a little stage reset here. I, uh, are we leaving the chairs or take them? All right. So uh, come on up, uh, Jared and Andrew, and you guys can sit, and I will stand and we'll start talking while everything is moving behind us. How about that? Yeah, you can sit right here. Yeah, I'll stand. It's good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Hello, Michael. This is Jared and Andrew Nielsen, and uh, they are serving in ministry in uh, Dallas, Texas, and uh, Kayla, uh, Andrew's wife couldn't be with us. They have a, a little sick boy, and so uh, she's been taking care of uh, their little boy this morning. In addition to that, why don't you share with everyone what time your plane landed in Greensboro? 3 a.m. Yes, it's been one of those nights, and so uh, uh, he, he's, he's barely with us, but you're with us. Jared and Kayla were students at Montreat, attended Grace as students at Montreat, and God called you to missions uh, uh, as a couple. I did your wedding, which was a joy. God called you to missions as a couple. Where did you go before where you're serving now? So we were in China, central China, for four years. For four years. And then you come home, uh, settle in Dallas. Tell us about what uh, the ministry that you're doing in Dallas, what it is involved. And folks, uh, as you give, your giving supports Jared and Kayla uh, and their ministry. So share that with us. So yeah, we've, we felt God's call to Dallas because even though it's, you know, in the Bible Belt, it's a large metropolitan area that receives a lot of refugees. 
through the UN Refugee Resettlement Program. Basically, uh, long story short, since about 2000, we've had, since the year 2000, we've had about 100,000 refugees resettled in Texas. And when I say refugees, these are people who fled their country due to persecution. And uh, they, most of them come from the 1040 window, areas that are unreached and that are very hard to reach. And they're, they're literally coming to us. So our ministry to them is to show love to them through um, English classes. That's a tangible need that we can help them meet. Uh, we pray for them until we can pray with them. And then our goal is to, uh, after building those relationships, make home visits and share stories from the Bible. Uh, some folks may be unfamiliar with 1040 window. Tell us what you mean by that phrase. So it's basically the areas of the world, uh, North Africa, the Middle East, uh, East Asia. If you were to make a, a, a box uh, covering those areas, it's the, the areas of the world where the gospel is least present. And we also sometimes use the term unreached, which can mean different things. But generally, it means areas where there's less than 2% Christian, where the church really doesn't have the ability to replicate. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when you think of uh, serving in that way, obviously Kayla serves full time. Yes. Uh, uh, what do you do uh, as a day job? And then I know you serve alongside her quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we both work in the ministry. Um, her full time, me about 15 to 20 hours a week. But uh, to help pay the bills, I, I work as a Dallas police officer. And so uh, as you serve, uh, in that capacity as she serves, as she does. Uh, tell us what's a win for you. And one of our values here at Grace is heart change that leads to life change. Yours is a long haul experience. Tell us what that looks like for you, Jared. So we, we work a lot with Muslims, and that's a tough one. I think I just cut it off. Can you all hear me? Okay, there we go. Uh, we, sorry about that. We work with Muslims, and that's really tough because a lot of times they're just entrenched in this religion and hey buddy you'll get a chance to okay i know you want to talk like baba you'll get a chance in a minute okay all right you want you want to tell them about your favorite thing my favorite thing is my flamingos flamingos is a lot more awesome yeah all right, can baba all right. Now? All did right. you guys hear that thank you he's all about some flamingos right yes. now yes uh so yes yes see andrew 8 a.m., flamingos. Yep. 9.30, flamingos. Yeah, something tells me 5 p.m. Yes, flamingos. All right. So I'll just tell you a real, real quick story that, um, that it's, a, it's a prayer request I shared with the uh, 8 a.m. service, and that is that we've been working with this one Muslim family for almost three years, and it's just a long road of building this relationship and, and also getting them to the point where we can actually have a conversation in English. And... There are so many different languages coming. It's, we can't learn all of them, but we try to get them to learn English so we can communicate with them. Well, this one family, Muhammad and Nafisa, are a couple from Afghanistan. They speak Pashto, and we recently, after three years of being in a relationship with them, they accepted uh, a Gospel of John in their native language, and they agreed to read it, and we're going to discuss it when we get back from our trip. Mm -hmm. That is so wonderful. And... Um, you shared earlier one class had how many people in it from how many countries? At one point, uh, Kayla was teaching a class that had 17 students, and those were representing 17 different people groups in 17 different languages. Amazing. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. So um, 
obviously we give to you, our folks give, and part of our giving goes to, uh, to bless you. And Grace Family, we have partnerships with 26, 27 different missionaries or organizations. As you give, your giving goes in that direction. Um, what can people do uh, in addition to that, Jared? Well, um, really, we, we need prayer support. And one of the things that y'all can do is stop. We're going to be over here, right? Mm -hmm. At Next Steps, we'll, we'll be hanging out by that Next Steps door. And we've got some of these prayer cards. Be great if you could pick one up because that'll really help you to pray for us. There's a lot of darkness that we face with, uh, with Islam and some of the other religions and just the areas where the refugees are. They're, they're difficult areas to live. Uh, high crime, uh, tough standard of living. So be be praying for, for us. And the best way is get one of these prayer cards. Hey, buddy. <laughs> and you can, you can just shoot us an email. Our contact information is here, and we'll add you to our prayer list. That would be great. We and on stage, we're hearing everything twice. Yes, yes. And so we will definitely be praying for you. Thank you so much for the crazy night you've had and for being here and thank you andrew for yes thank you uh, very much you're a great young man um thank you. would you thank them <laughs> would you thank them for their time here this morning so, somebody forgot to turn the echo off the sound system <laughs> yes it, it is it's we're getting feedback all right so uh Visit here, uh, Jared and Andrew, and maybe Kayla will be back by then. Hopefully. And uh, you'll get to visit with her, too. And thank um, you all for your support. Absolutely. It's our privilege. I'll take that from you. So this morning is the last sermon, uh, if you will, in our series, The Longest Week. We have, since April 11th, been walking through the Gospel of John in the last week of Jesus' life. And in this series, what we have uh, discovered is that Jesus spent uh, almost every bit of that time with um, his disciples. Uh, no public appearances uh, after the very beginning, every bit with them. This morning will be different, so I want to set it up for you. Um, we will sing a song that is like a prayer. It's an old hymn. Come thou fount of every blessing to my heart to sing your praise. Uh, a bit of honesty is, is always good in worship. How many of you at some point this week, your heart just got somewhat out of tune? Raise your hand. Yeah. Life does that, doesn't it? Just like an instrument they're playing, our hearts can get out of tune. So we'll begin with that, and then Christina will lead us in a prayer of confession, corporate confession, meaning all of us together. And, and we'll sing another song, and I'll just share a few minutes from or, or about Jesus' prayer. And then... Um, will hear that prayer of John 17. So this morning, you won't need to take notes. It's not that kind of morning, so don't worry about that. Just put those things aside. This is a morning to tune in 
in two ways. One, to who Jesus is and what he did for you on the cross. And number two, it is a morning to uh, ask God to reveal your heart. It is not a time for comparison with anybody around here. That is of the enemy. It is not a time to look at your neighbor and go, I, I think they're closer to God than I am. Or, I think they're farther away. The Spirit will search your heart, amen? He'll, he'll reveal yours. If you're worshiping with us by Facebook or YouTube, I would encourage you to find some elements if you want to celebrate the Lord's Supper with us, some juice, crackers, whatever it may be you have. And we'll go to the Lord's table. Then we'll end triumphantly with singing this morning. Um, would you stand? Let's sing this old hymn from our hearts.
confession, um, what we need to realize as we step into this moment is that the Holy Spirit convicts, but we don't meet a God full of condemnation. We meet a good and gracious Father who embraces us, a Savior who died on this cross for us. And so as we read these words together, there is not one in this room who's better off than the other. There's not one of us who is dirtier than the other. And so I'm going to read a couple of lines, and then you'll see a line on the screen, and we'll read it together. Let's go to the Lord as we confess. Holy and righteous God, we confess that like Isaiah, we are a people of unclean lips. But it is not only unclean, unclean lips we possess. We are people with unclean hands and unclean hearts. We have broken your law times without number and are guilty of pride, unbelief, self-centeredness, and idolatry. Affect our hearts with severity of our sin and the glory of your righteousness as we now acknowledge our sins in your holy presence. We have had other gods before you. We have worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator. We have sought satisfaction in this world's pleasures rather than in you. We have loved to praise our own glory more than yours. We have taken your name in vain. We have prayed religious prayers to impress others. We have uttered your name countless times without reverence or love. We have listened to others use your name in vain without grieving. We have murdered in our hearts. We have often destroyed our neighbor with our tongues. We have been quick to uncharitably judge others. We have considered revenge when we were sinned against. We have committed adultery with our eyes. We have loved temptation rather than fighting it. We have lusted after unlawful and immoral pleasures. We have justified our lusts by using the world as our standard. We have stolen what is not ours and coveted what belongs to others. 
our lives overflow with discontent, ungratefulness, and envy. We have complained in the midst of your abundant provision. We have sought to exalt ourselves through owning more. We have lied to you and to others. We have told distorted truths, half-truths and untruths. We have despised the truth to make ourselves look better. Even in our confession, we look for ways to hide our guilt. Oh God, we have sinned against your mercy times without number. We are ashamed to lift up our faces before you, for our iniquities have gone over our heads. If you, O oh Lord, should mark iniquities, O oh Lord, who could stand? How shall we answer you? We lay our hands on our mouths. We have no answer to your righteous wrath and just judgment. We have no answer, but God himself has mercifully provided one for us. Isaiah says that all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Oh God, hear our confession. As we move forward into worship, as we prepare our hearts to partake of your supper, God, whether it's something that we did last night, this morning, five minutes ago, a lifetime of sin, God, we are all broken people. But God, I thank you that you don't meet us with condemnation, but you meet us with compassion. We celebrate a risen Savior who knows what it's like to be tempted. God, I thank you for your blood that covers us. Jesus, we are here for you. We couldn't stand on this stage or walk through these doors. We couldn't breathe the air that's in our lungs without you. Oh God, we need you. And we're here to worship you. Amen.
just a few moments you are going to hear Jesus prayer it isn't just any prayer it is his final prayer before he is arrested tried unfairly convicted and crucified as you listen you'll discover that Jesus prays for three requests yes he requests things from his father and they are quite specific Jesus prayer while he is on earth I believe reflects how he prays for you now maybe it hasn't occurred to you that Jesus prays for you he does Hebrews 7:25 says consequently he Jesus is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. To the uttermost is an interesting phrase. It means to the end. When you hear Jesus' prayer in a few moments, you will discover that he is committed to save his disciples to the end. As a matter of fact, he is going to do the ultimate just to do that. He will go to the end to save them to the end. They will misunderstand, he will save. They will scatter, he will save. Peter will deny him, he will save Peter. And he still saves to the uttermost. Amen? He still saves to the end. He died to save you. And he lives to intercede for you. So he prayed then as I think he prayed, prays now. 
he prays, first of all, for himself. Father, the hour has come. This hour is what Jesus lived for, similar to Olympic athletes who train all their lives for a 10-second, 100-meter dash. Jesus lived to die. He was born for this hour. He came for this hour. You will hear Jesus pray, and this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. More than anything, Jesus wants to glorify the Father in this hour. Why? He has said many things about the Father during his life, but he will say more about the Father in his death than he ever did in his life. Six hours that Friday will become a megaphone to a deaf world, when Jesus cries from the cross, his words will reverberate throughout all human history. If there is an hour where he longs to glorify the Father, it is this one. Second, Jesus prays for the Father to keep the disciples. He opens this section of prayer with these words, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. What is his name? And who is this God? Well, after his kids blew it, his chosen people, the Israelites, the ones he brought through the Red Sea, they forgot him, ignored him, went and made a golden calf and worshipped it. God showed up to their leader, Moses, and you'll never believe what Moses was doing when God showed up to him. Moses was interceding for the Israelites. Exodus 32 gives us the account. The next day, after they had made the golden calf, after they had forgotten the God who brought them across the Red Sea, Moses said to the people, You have sinned a great sin, and now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Alas, this people has sinned a great sin. They have made for themselves gods of gold. But now, if you will forgive their sin, but if not, please blot me out of your book that you have written. But the Lord said to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. But now go, lead the people to the place about which I have spoken to you, Behold, my angel shall go before you. Nevertheless, in the day when I visit, I will visit their sin upon them. Moses wanted to atone for their sins. Atonement. It's a simple way to describe it. But when you consider the word atonement, just take it apart and you'll find its meaning. At one meant. To atone is to make at one with God. Moses couldn't do it. Why? He was one of them. He may not have made a golden calf, but he was a sinner nonetheless. Lead them? He could do that. Atone for them? Never. And in their next conversation, God and Moses, God revealed himself to Moses. The Lord descended in the cloud. Remember, this is after 
his kids blew it after they forgot who brought them out, after they made a golden calf. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him, with, with Moses there, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiven iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. What Moses wanted to do, he could not, but Jesus would. And this name that God revealed to Moses after his people blew it uh, would be most seen in his son, Jesus. He is the ultimate manifestation of that name, the ultimate revealer of that name. He is the only one who can atone. Jesus continues, I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. Holy Father, Keep Peter, Matthew, Thaddeus. Holy Father, keep Beth, Kendall, Paula, and Doug. Holy Father, keep Mike, Jared, Eugene. In your name. Later he prays for God to keep them from the evil one. Finally, Jesus prays that they will be one. You will hear Jesus pray for oneness. His prayer for unity is not for uniformity. Jesus knows, and Paul later writes, and you've heard Jared describe up here 17 different people from 17 people groups speaking 17 different languages. It will be this same John who wrote this gospel, who will get a vision of heaven one day, and there will be people there from every tribe and tongue and nation. Amen? That will be glorious. He doesn't pray for uniformity. Jesus knows and, uh, that, that Jews and Greeks, barbarians, uh, men and women, slave and free, will come to faith. And it isn't a prayer for unanimity either. Jesus knows that his followers won't dot every I and cross every T the same. His prayer is for union. You'll hear him pray that they may be one. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Jesus is praying for union, protection even. Think of it. 
Jesus is in the Father, we are in Jesus. You can't be tucked into bed tighter than that. Later, you'll hear him pray, I and them, and you and me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know. And then Jesus looks ahead. Yes, staring down the gruesome cross, he sees the glorious resurrection. Not his, theirs. He sees their resurrection, and he sees yours. Oh, you may be living in light of, of, of awfulness today, but he sees your resurrection. You may not be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but Jesus is the light at the end of the tunnel, and he sees you not as you are, but as you will be. Amen? That's how he sees you. You'll hear him pray that they will be with him where he is, and he will pray, Lord, I, I want them to see my glory, the glory I had with you before the world began. We're going to bring the lights down. Would you bow your heads? And in this holy moment, join Jesus' prayer. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. That you've given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Keep them in your name that you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name that you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them have been lost, except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, 
but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I and them, and you and me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Oh, righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. about to do something this morning that um, has been done since the start of the church and that is to celebrate celebrate the execution of one man for the salvation of many to celebrate the broken body bloodied torn apart murdered body of one man so that those of us who believe in him would one day have our bodies renewed. If you're, a, if you're in Christ, you're a follower of Jesus, I'm going to ask that you take this out right now. And as you take this out, uh, you can go ahead and open the part that has the bread in it. And as you do that, I want you to take a moment, and what we're going to do in this moment as you and I reflect on what Jesus has done I want you to, to think about the very fact that Jesus came to this earth with one purpose. He came to the earth to die for the sins of you and me. To redeem us, to make us whole. And when he went to a cross, he paid the penalty for that sin. His body was broken the sin that you and I were condemned to die for, he instead paid for it. So right now, if you would, you can, you can close your eyes, you can bow your head, you can keep your eyes open, you can do whatever, whatever it is that you desire, but I want you to take a moment and give thanks to God for loving you enough to die in your place 
So take a moment, and I'll come back in a moment, and we'll take this together. Take this together. Remember the body that was broken for you. Let's take an eat. Jesus established a, a new covenant, and Hebrews 9 tells us that what happened in the time of the Old Testament is that priests would go into the Holy of Holies on behalf of, on behalf of the people, and they would do it year in and year out and year in and year out, and the people would, would stand outside waiting, hoping, just hoping that their sin would be forgiven for another year. But Hebrews 9 says that Jesus... When he went to a cross and his blood was shed, did that once and for all. So that no longer again do we have to wait on another priest to do it. Our great high priest has done it for us. And his body was broken and his blood, blood was shed so that our sin would be forgiven. So let's take this and let's drink together. Lord Jesus, we come before you right now as people who are grateful. Grateful that you did for us what we could not do for ourselves, Jesus. You, you died in our place, and Jesus, it was our death that we were supposed to die because of our sin, but you traded your righteousness, your, your perfection, to take on the sin that we have committed so that whenever we place our faith in you, the righteousness that is yours is then gifted to us. So, Jesus, we are grateful for that truth, for the truth that you have died for us in our place. And then we celebrate that you did not stay dead, but you, as we've already sang this morning with the kids, you came out of a grave so that we have a hope and a promise that one day we will too. So, Lord Jesus, this morning, as we sing and as we proclaim who we are, May it be words to, that lift you high, that, that are music to, to your ears as your people sing and proclaim to you in your name. Amen.
If you would stand, we're going to sing a song. And this song tells us what our identity is now that we are in Christ.
you now thanking you that you go before us you are with us beside us God you follow behind us there is never a place that we go that your presence is not with us 
Jesus, we are grateful for that, and we thank you for that truth, and we are grateful people because of that. So I pray that as we leave from this place in a moment, you would send us out of this place knowing that you are with us, before us, behind us, and if we know you, you are in us. So, Jesus, we are grateful for that. In your name, amen. A couple of things before we go today. If you are new, we are so glad to have you. As you exit in that lobby, there is a desk over to your left, so you may have to make your way over there. We have a gift for you there. Uh, have some info about our church, so stop in there, and, uh, and, we, and we'd love to talk to you right there. Also, there is a hike that Grace Wellness is leading today, 2 o'clock, the parking lot over there by the youth building. So go over there. That's where they're going to meet at 2 p.m. That is where that is going to be. Um, if you, when you leave in a moment, if you're a member of Grace, stop in the lobby there on one of the tables there is a card um, with elder nominations. So take that card with you. Uh, pray over that this week uh, for who God would have to uh, lead our church as elders and then bring that back with you next week and drop it in next steps. So grab one today, take it with you. And then lastly, obviously, if you parked out front, you could tell we have a lot going on, uh, some pavement going in pretty soon. So here's what I'm going to ask that you do today. Um, first, pay attention to the parking attendants because it, uh, we have a specific way that you'll be exiting today. And if you came in this entrance, you won't be going back out. You'll actually exit down by our offices. So if you don't know much about our campus, you'll wrap around and exit at the bottom westbound uh, spot down there on campus. So just pay attention to them, and they will uh, direct you where to go. Hope you guys have a great week. Uh, as we go from this place, remember that we go with the message. Uh, one message that can save this world, and we go with it, so you guys go with that.